Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Three, two, one. Welcome Welcome to the the HIV podcast. For the love of God. Why are you saying it so slowly? We'll never get to the end of the welcome. Right, let's start again, shall we? Welcome, Welcome to, to the HIV, HIV podcast. podcast, episode, episode 100. 100. Let's never do that again. That was awful. Yeah. Do you want to just tell them what we said? Because it might, no one probably heard us properly. <laughs> we said, uh, welcome to the HIV podcast, episode 100. <gasps> chose to say episode 100 because I wasn't sure I could say our 100th episode. Uh, and we thought we'd do it together, sh- a show of unity, and it, it went it went downhill very fast. More than I say, Jess, the idea I think was very good. Execution poor. I feel like you're trying to say that I'm to blame for that. <laughs> no, I think what we know is we speak at different speeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. I want to. I want to skip to the end. I'm like, let's go, let's get it done. You know, and you're very considered. Can you even believe we've arrived? At the station of 100. No, I, I absolutely cannot. It's amazing. But can I, I'm just going to say it again because I'm so proud. So we've reached episode 100 and we're in 173 countries around the world. So we're listening to in 173 countries around the world. And we've been shortlisted in two categories for the Independent Podcast Awards. That is quite an amazing place to be at your 100th episode. That is, isn't it? That's a nice place to be. I like this bit of limbo where we don't actually know if we've won or lost. We can just like be optimistic forever. Of course, I'd love it if we won. Of course I would. But I also don't want the crushing disappointment <laughs> of a loss. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a nice no. zone to live in. The unknown, right? Yes. Like no man's land, isn't it? Yeah. Like the possibilities are endless. Oh, well, congratulations to us. I know. Well, being a hundred. And look at our jazzy background. I like it. 
we'll have to start doing jazzy backgrounds also although look my shoulder keeps disappearing now I know if you're listening to this on a podcast you actually can't see me but um in the sort of we've got this very jazzy hundred balloons background saying a hundred episodes and my microphone that normally people can see in the videos it's sort of stealing some of my shoulder so it just looks like I'm disappearing slowly Oh, there he is. Little oh. Is it RTD2? It is. Well, that's what you named him, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that's fine. We'll go with that. Um, I'm so excited we're here. I'm so excited for 100. And I have things to say today. Ooh. I know. I love a day with things to say. First of all, I would like to give a little shout out to Oliver Brown. Oh, now I really like him. And he's got some great ideas, Sarah. I like yeah. him too. He messaged to say, we need a poll every week. I think he might be right. About what life? What what sort of polls? Oh, about he just said a poll, a different poll every week. You know, we've had like the toast poll, haven't we? And then this this came off the back of actually the chocolate um, video where I was so horrified that you and Zoe like chocolate peanuts. This is you know I was getting very animated and upset about your choice of a Kit Kat, and he was like, actually, I think you should do a poll on this. I think you should do a poll every week. And I was like, it's a great idea. Ooh, I know. Okay, I well, let's see what comes out this week because we never really know. Well, I mean, we've got some content. That's the best way to put it, is it? There is some content. <laughs> the rest is just, you know, we'll see where the wind takes us today. We'll see see how this Monday's doing. Also, I'd like to say a big thank you to him because, you know, I was talking about what a sad little loner I'm going to be at the awards, but actually I'm not. I should be really honest. Lovely, lovely Zoe, who obviously works on the podcast with us. She is accompanying me. I was just, you know getting all the attention and all the sadness, like poor Jess. Um, because Oliver messaged and said, if you need a dashing chaperone in u- uniform, I'm always available for a celebration. Thank you so much for the offer, Oliver. I should have actually said, rather than getting the sympathy, that lovely Zoe is coming. He's so lovely. This, see, this is why I like him, because I think he's a genuinely lovely person. And as we know, they are very rare these days. But not in our podcast community. I found actually most of our podcast community is just lovely. I would agree with you. Yes. Yeah. So it's like we've scooped up all the lovely people around the world yeah. and created our own community. And one day we will take over the world. Well, do you know what? I think they just get it, don't they? We're all of sort of the same mindset and everyone sort of wants the same thing. We're, I'm just going to say it, we're all just lovely. Excellent. So I'm going to ask you a question. Because you handle all the social media and it's our hundredth episode. I said it, I said a hundred. Yay, go me. And uh we are kind of praising ourselves, but so we should, Jess. We've made it this far. What do you think is the most common perception about our podcast? So when people listen to it for the first time or are thinking about listening to it, how does that tally up with the feedback we get once they've listened to it? Do you know, my knee-jerk reaction is to actually say people are pleasantly surprised. Now, that might sound like a really odd thing to say. I think quite often what I've the feedback that I've gathered is that people initially go into this thinking, oh, my goodness, it's going to be quite intense. It's going to be quite raw and gritty. We're going to talk about, you know, people's stories and it's going to be really, it's really going to capture me in an emotional way. Not that it doesn't do that. But I think then they quickly realise that we are, when we say we're trying to normalise HIV, it's because that's exactly what we're doing. We are trying to talk about it in a day-to-day fashion, in a more upbeat fashion, in a a day-to-day fashion where sometimes we rant, sometimes we laugh. Occasionally I get a bit teary. There are loads and loads of podcasts out there and fantastic podcasts at that, that do talk about people's stories of living with HIV that are extremely, I suppose, gritty, we'd say, and raw. Mm -hmm. But yeah, people 
uh, right, this isn't, that's not what this podcast is, is it? No. Well, no, because it's not like that in real life, is but, it? I, I would never describe kind of our drop-in as raw and gritty. Exactly. And I'm not sure why. Is it that sort of morbid fascination people have where it's like, oh, if I, you know, that's what this needs to be to draw me in. No, we want this to be a weekly podcast. I'm not sure people would want to listen every single week if we got raw and gritty. I think you might be a bit tired out and going, oh, God, it's been a bit of a long week. I'm not sure. You know, I've got my own issues going on. I'm not sure I want to listen to that. The exact point of this is to be a weekly podcast that continually educates people about HIV. And I think um, not long ago, we had a comment from someone who said everyone in America, obviously, I know we're all over the world, but everyone in America needs to hear your podcast. You talk about HIV as commonly as you talk about what you've done on the weekend that's normalizing HIV it's not being shocking it's you know we have enough shock headlines we talk about this all the time I would agree got to remember our service users mission which is that one day they'd like to be open about their diagnosis without anyone caring we're not there yet definitely not there yet but this takes us a step closer this podcast yeah when people do listen I would say they're yeah, like I said, pleasantly surprised in a way of, I think they laugh more than they ever thought they would. Probably at us, Sarah, I imagine. Well, I don't know. I think there's a good 5 to 10% that think, how on earth did those two manage to run a charity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong there. But that is a good question for our 100th episode. There you go. I haven't got any more questions. I've only got one. Well, I liked that one because I think you're so right. I think the perception of what we do, well, the, we know the perception of HIV is the shock value that's what it always is even you know we've talked about in soap operas the storylines that involve HIV they're the shocking ones and we talked about the Iceland headline recently I know they changed that that's fantastic but still shock value in the news we are trying to normalize something and we cannot do that if it's constantly just you know talked about like something absolutely shocking I don't think I could be in shock that often Sarah I don't think I could be in shock for half an hour every single week no, God, it'd be very wearing, wouldn't it? And everybody who listens regularly will know that me and you are not drama llamas, are we? No. Oh, <laughs> that needs to be a new strap line under the under the podcast. Sarah. That's, I think that's my favourite thing you've ever said. We are not drama llamas. The HIV no. podcast, no drama llamas here. There you go. That's what Love you want that. The entry to the British Podcast Awards. No okay. drama llamas here. No drama llamas. I absolutely love that. Speaking of drama llamas, obviously we're moving into anti-vaxxers episode two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see your point. (laughs) But I like it. And to be fair, you know, I was really nervous about sort of all the anti-vaxxers coming for us. We, We haven't had any comments, which unnerves me slightly. Give it time. Okay, so we are, we're doing the second part of our anti-vaxxers episode. And actually, I've got a bit of a job for you this week while we're going through this. Questions, jobs, what what is it, like I work here? Yes. <laughs> Your job this week is to look at whether there was any substance to what the anti-vaxxers claimed when I tell you kind of what the basis was for their kind of anti-vaxxer comments. Oh, I like it. I'm like an impartial party. Yeah. So as a person on the street, if you'd seen this rumour or this kind of report, would you have also assumed what the anti-vaxxers did and what they kind of acted on? Yeah, I like it. Just before we start, I have to tell you, because your head, where Sarah's head is sitting in in our jazzy background, it looks like um, 
we're a, we're a thousand episodes in. <laughs> it's like cut out the middle. Oh, oh no! Look, it's only a hundred. We'll get to a thousand. We'll get there, Sarah. I feel like it's some sort of code. Oh, it is. It is a bit sort of binary, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Okay, fabulous. Let's do it. I can be impartial. I'm ready. Okay. Well, yes, you can. So let's see if you can understand how people made the connection. So we're starting with the BBC website. I see another trusted source for me. Yeah, me too. So do you remember when everyone uh, scientific was involved in finding a COVID vaccine? Do you remember that race against time? Yes. Yeah. Everyone was, weren't they? Having a bit of that. Yeah. Well, there was an Australian company called CSL and they were developing a vaccine just like lots of other places were around the world. But their trial had to be abandoned when the participants developed false HIV positive results. Well, I was going to say why, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get onto that. Yes. So the vaccine had been in stage one of trials, so very early trials, and it was proven to be effective in making antibodies. It's good. That's what you want. But it also generated HIV antibodies in some recipients. So that, of course, meant that they showed false positives for HIV. They tested them further and proved that HIV wasn't there. But how could you have HIV antibodies if you weren't positive? Well, let me see, and I'm no scientist, if we can work out how that happened. Because, right, just as a first instance, yeah, that does sound like it, doesn't it? That's exactly, it sounds like what the anti-vaxxers are saying on, on this initial part. And you'd probably have stopped reading the rest of the article, wouldn't you? And you've just gone, ah! Because people love a shock a shock value story, don't they? Yes. So the science behind this, I'm not a scientist. We both know this. So I don't think I'm going to explain this very well. But it is something to do with antigens. Sounds scientific, doesn't it? And plasma cells. So a protein made by plasma cells in response to an antigen, a substance that causes the body to make a specific immune response. Okay. Yeah. Each antibody combined to only one specific antigen. So essentially, antibodies are proteins produced by the immune system to specifically target and neutralise pathogens and toxins. Okay. We already know this because the HIV virus gets around all of that, doesn't it? So they recognise and bind to specific pathogens, marking them for destruction by other components of the immune system. So they find everything in your immune system, antibodies, this is, that shouldn't be there and mark it for destruction. But that doesn't work with HIV. I think what happened in this case is that the immune system got confused with the vaccine that was being put into the body and the antibodies that were being put in. Um, And I can't explain the science behind it because I think it's probably quite complicated. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant podcast, (laughs) brilliant podcast content. It took the antibodies from the COVID vaccine and assumed it was HIV. Right. So it's not that we're actually saying it literally found HIV antibodies, even though I I do know what you're getting at, because obviously we would assume that because that's what an HIV test would pick up. But let's look at a COVID test, for example. Do you remember in the early days when people were using orange juice, like school kids and stuff, to give themselves a positive result? Because there was just something within that. And that's what you're saying. There was something within that vaccine that then the tests were getting confused about and it was flagging it up as, well, giving a positive test result for an HIV test. That's it. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, but that still doesn't mean you're positive, does it? It still doesn't mean the, 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 the vaccine. I've got, I'm going backwards in time now. I'm like, no, if they were reading the article properly, they would know that. Well, the headlines, I think, I can understand where they were coming from on this one. But um, when you look into it, they weren't false positives for long. And it was just a flaw in the vaccine that they were producing. So, you know, the immune system's getting completely kind of confused. <laughs> Poor immune system just. Yeah, what's any of this? Poodling around the bloodstream and all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, we're under attack. Yeah, panic. Yes. And as we all know, the HIV uh, antibodies will always just be like, well, just not bothered. You can't even destroy me. So I just give zero fucks. Yeah. Off you go. <laughs> See you later. Yep. <laughs> and the poor little immune system's like, where's my work manual? I don't I've come across this before. <laughs> I imagine it happens. I like at that them. point. If I'm explaining it to service users, I they I lose them. Glazed eyes, just like oh, she's off again into some weird fantasy world. Yeah, they're like, is this is this an HIV support service? And you'll be like, yes, yes, stay, stay. It is. <laughs> but come look at this flip chart where I've drawn an army of immunity over here, and then here are the yeah no, I mean many many a service users just gone. Do you know what? It's just not worth that at all. Yeah, just don't worry about it. I don't need to know the explanation. Let's just move on. <laughs> I'll go out of county, find support elsewhere. <laughs> anyway, CSL said fixing the flaw in the antibody uh, in their vaccine would take about a year. And so what they decided to do was abandon the trial. Oh, they must have been so gutted. Because they knew they just wouldn't get there fast enough and they'd get beaten by another company, right? Well, I think, yes. So they said they could fix it, but it would take time. Yeah. And also they were worried about issues with self-confidence and that a false positive test for um, HIV would, of course, confusion, which is fair enough. Yeah, that's true. The vaccine co-lead, Paul Young. I don't think that's the Paul Young that I know from the 80s, wherever you lay your hat, that's your home, that kind of Paul Young. No, I, don't I hope it is. I hope that he abandoned the COVID jab. Oh, I was going to say, actually, the timeline doesn't work there. I was going to say he abandoned the COVID jab like... um development in you know for his pop career but I realize that it's the wrong way around on the timeline no I think he was uh furloughed and this is what he did him he was co-lead I imagine the other co-lead Simon Le bon, probably or maybe someone from Bananarama your favorite you. your favorite wasn't it Sarah yeah. what was the band that you were in called when you were young uh, Cherry Rama. I know. I just wanted you to share that with everyone that is how much Sarah loved Bananarama she had her own band called Cherry Rama. Oh, but I cannot express to you how cool they were. They are. Uh, no, that's, yeah, I would agree with you. I love Bananarama. And what irritates me is when people take the Spice Girls, for example, and say, oh, yeah, they they created girl power. Didn't. Bananarama did. Way before that. I'll tag them in this, Sarah. They can know of your love. Well, our love. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Vaccine co-lead, Paul Young, along with his colleague, Simon Le Bon. Paul, uh, just... Paul Young, who might be listening to this, the actual one that did this on the vaccines, like, they just couldn't give a shit about who I actually am. Just busy having their hilarious jokes. No one's bothered about my scientific career. <laughs> Which, if I must say, had fallen flat on its face. <laughs> Poor Paul Young. For that moment, I'm sure he's kind of riding high now. He said he's devastated after 11 months of living and breathing this project. Tough decision to take, but the urgent need for a vaccine has to be everybody's priority. 
fair enough. Yeah. Went on to say, or some other medical experts went on to say, in general, about 90% of vaccines never make it to market. Wow. To make him feel better. What are they, what are they, what else are they looking for vaccines for? Just everything. Everything. Because you can get one now if you're allergic to cats, can't you? Yeah. What, just an injection to stop you being allergic to them? Yeah, yeah. A friend of Ben's um, got a cat and you'd be like, oh, I wonder which way around he did it. Because in my mind, I've always assumed he knew he was allergic, got a cat. And I was like, why get a cat if you're allergic? But maybe he got the cat, loved it, and then realised he was allergic. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, right. So, yes, 90% of vaccines never make it to market. Uh, and they were also saying that we've been spoiled with the unprecedented swiftness and success with which other COVID-19 vaccines were developed. Fair enough. But this one didn't even get to market. So then how have the how has this rumour then continued? Because this one just got stopped. Well, I imagine the papers, I mean, the Australian papers most definitely would have been reporting on this, wouldn't they? Because, yeah. you know, they're in a race against all the other countries. And then if you just read the headline and say, oh, look, gives you uh, a positive reading for HIV, which is actually negative. That's it. That's another rumour. That's where it stems from. So what do you reckon? Can you see where they were coming from? It's hard because it depends how much of the article you actually read. Mm, like so many things. Exactly. So I think if that's a headline then that does sound like it, doesn't it? That absolutely does. But, I mean, like any headline, like we learned with the one the other week with the Daily Mail, and like I said, they've changed it. Well done, brilliant. But initially, that headline is, it's attention-grabbing, and that's the point, isn't it? It sort of sacrifices the truth in some respects, those headlines, those attention-grabbing ones. Because like you're saying, most people will just skim them and then move on. Yeah. Okay, another theory. This time around uh, having the vaccine increases your risk of contracting HIV. So we've done the having the vaccine gives you HIV. Yeah. But this is just saying it will increase your risk. I mean, it's wrong. We know this. Both of us know this. But here's where the rumour stems from. Oh, we are deep diving into science. It's just not my strong suit. It's just not for the 100th episode, Sarah. (laughs) No, I know. (laughs) I thought I'd use the 100th episode to uh, highlight what we're worst at. (laughs) If you could, please. I think I'm doing it right now. So I've got an article that was in The Lancet, uh, and it's uh, somebody called Susan P. Brookbinder. Uh, Susan and her colleagues expressed concern that COVID-19 vaccines utilising, get ready for this, replication defective adenovirus Vectors of human serotype 5 might increase the risk of HIV-1 acquisition. I think that's all I need to say on that. What? And that is how a rumour started. (laughs) How did anyone make sense of that to realise what what she was saying? Well, I know, right? What on earth does it mean? Mm. She's talking about two vaccines. One called Sputnik V5. V is 5? Yes, V is 5, Sarah. Edit that out. Two vaccines. One called Sputnik (laughs) 5. Developed in Russia and another developed in China. And both of them use something called an HADV5 vector in their vaccine. Now, I don't think we should get bogged down in what a vector is because it is way above my brain capability. Yeah. But essentially, they had developed vaccines that worked against COVID but increased the risk of HIV. So they did increase the risk of HIV. Yes. And this is where not sticking up for the anti-vaxxers. Yeah, don't do that. 
No, I most definitely am not. But everything's not as clear cut, is it, as you think? So I always assume these rumours come out of nowhere. But this one has a little bit of substance to it. So it is true then. But this one just was never, I'm assuming, never got to market again like the other one. Well, what happened was it was actually developed in both countries Russia and related yeah. to South Africa in particular. So the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority decided not to approve the Sputnik vaccine. They reviewed it. They noted there were some concerns around the safety of the vaccine in people at risk of HIV infection. Okay. And it's to do, again, with antibodies. And what they did is they took the vaccine that the Russians and the Chinese had developed and they did their own clinical trials to form their own opinion, which makes perfect sense because who wants to be arguing with those two countries? Agreed. Yeah, I want hard facts before I'm going back with just a a mild opinion. Yeah, I would too. So they assessed the AD5 vectored vaccine and they showed it was linked to increased chances of HIV acquisition in men. What? Why? Or is that very sciencey? I think that's very sciencey and it's probably to do with the genetic makeup of a person. But they went back to the Sputnik team to seek clarification and the team couldn't counteract their findings. I mean, imagine getting to the point where the vaccine's ready to go and they're like, oh, South Africa, this would be really great for you. Thank goodness the South Africans are on the ball. I'm so confused by this one because this is literally, I don't want to say this is true and then someone uses this as a soundbite. It's like, no, that's not what I meant. But like you're saying, this one this one is more complex. There's more to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, there's a definite basis for people to draw those sort of conclusions, whereas the others are just like, no. But surely that's how they get to almost run riot with other rumours, because once you have one small fact that you can say, actually, this is true, then you can just go, right, I'm also going to say this, mm. this, this and that, and you're not really going to look for all the other evidence because yeah. there's this small fact over here. So the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority, that is a mouthful, isn't it? You think they'd come up with something a bit catchier. That we're concerned the use of Sputnik V vaccine in South Africa, a setting of high HIV prevalence and incidence, may increase the risk of vaccinated males acquiring HIV. But they said we're going to keep, uh, you know, basically what they said after that was that they're going to keep open minds about this and it could be submitted for, for use again in the future. Again, you don't want to, you don't want to. You're not shut. You're not slamming the door, are you? You're saying I'll leave it ajar for you, but probably won't come back to that. So the World Health Organization then took over and they put a hold on Sputnik Five, citing pending legal procedures and missing data. And this, I think, is interesting because you assume when countries are developing vaccines wherever they are in the world that they use the same criteria to get to a point where you say yes, this is safe for everybody. But this would suggest that is not always the case. And just like we all have to be careful in kind of day-to-day life and and kind of work out what's best for us, countries around the world are having to do it as well. Fascinating, isn't it? It, I think it really is. I think it's it's so difficult, isn't it? Because there is some, well, no, there isn't. Oh, I'm arguing with myself. (laughs) I'm not even saying anything. (laughs) There is some evidence where you could be like, well, yes, some vaccines that were developed that were never put into use with the public could increase the chances of HIV. But I haven't even looked into the science behind it because I don't think I'll understand it. And that you've got other vaccines that were given false positives for HIV. Again, they were never put into kind of practice or rolled out. But that's Um, the key thing here, isn't it? That these things are factual, sort of where these rumours began from, but they never went 
they never went anywhere. So it's not like saying the, the COVID vaccine does this because they were never actual COVID vaccines because they were never okay. They were never rolled out. They were never used. Yeah, exactly. So you think it would be much easier if they just kept quiet about everything. But then why would you want to? If you think you're leading the way and you've got the vaccine to beat all other vaccines, yeah, crack on. And then at the same time as all of that, you've got a new strain in the Netherlands that they haven't found before. So I do see why people were kind of putting all the pieces together and thinking, you know, they've got rock solid proof that COVID and, and HIV are linked. It's just unfortunate, really. Yeah. That, and I think also it highlights how similar the COVID vaccine is to the HIV, um, COVID viruses to the HIV virus. Yeah, well, it keeps mutating, doesn't it? But I mean, I suppose flu does as well. But yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, they're all kind of part of the same family, really, aren't they? And so it's perhaps understandable that vaccines might make your body react in a certain way because the viruses are quite similar. I don't know. Although I don't know, because obviously um, I put a little um, image out on a social media earlier in the week and it said it's a quote from you actually Sarah where it said this all started because we were trolled by anti-vaxxers so just coming back to that point none of this really explains about why they would think that the government had employed us to steal their DNA no well that I think is a much much bigger issue yeah yeah, exactly it's like wow so while we're sitting here saying oh I can totally understand how some anti-vaxxers why they may feel this way and it's like yeah I understand these ones over here, I don't understand the ones saying that we're trying to steal their DNA and we're employed by the government. No, I have started dressing up as a spy, though. <gasps> or oh, what would like holes in the newspaper and like a Mac on a Macintosh? A Mac, yeah, yeah. And I'm rocking a Mac and a Trilby. I was going to say, I can't believe I haven't spotted you. But of course, I wouldn't, would I, Sarah? Because you're in no, disguise. You would I would never see you. I'm not going to be able to capture people's DNA if you can notice me. <laughs> Look at you spreading these rumours on our 100th episode. This is where our podcast ends and we get cancelled. So <laughs> yeah. everyone, we're stealing their DNA. No, <laughs> so, yeah, no, you're right. In terms of being able to uh, link kind of the vaccination to HIV, yes, I think we've given enough evidence to see why perhaps some people chose to believe those rumours. But the other things that we're trolled on, no, that that's going to require a whole lot of work oh, yeah. around the government and, and everything else. You know, we've reached the end of our journey here and dispelling porky pies around HIV and COVID. I'm not going to be honest, though, I think we've only scrapped, scraped the surface. Do you think? We could do a lot more on it. We could did do you, an entire series. Did on... you see a lot when you were um, doing your research? Did you did you see a lot more sort of rumours? and? Yeah, yes. So I picked three that kind of had the most information or came from the most reputable sources. But yeah, there's a lot more to this that we could go into. Fascinating though, isn't it? I'm really glad we did this. I actually have now a slightly different perception of what happened. And I feel more equipped to be able to say to people when they say, oh, you know, the the COVID vaccine did this. It's like, no, no, I feel equipped now to respond and say, no, I think you'll find that in some clinical trials of COVID vaccines, that happened, but never in the vaccines that we used. Yes, you'll be able to say to people, won't you, that uh, which vaccine are you talking about, Sputnik 5? The Chinese one? Well, that, that's, that's a less jazzy name than Sputnik 5, isn't it? Yeah, the China one didn't really get a look in, but it was very similar. Oh, no, look at us smashing myths on a hundredth episode. I know, I know, yes, we are. Just looking to see if I can add anything else. I can't. I'm done. Perfect. Like that was amazing. Honestly, thank you so much. I think that was. Uh, I think we all actually needed to hear that because we've all talked about anti-vaxxers and we all have certain opinions. And I always just think, oh god, 
don't they just read a newspaper or you but it, but like we're saying we've we've really had a look at where some of these rumors stem from so thank you we very have, much although as i said to cover us a light touch look we're going to delve very deeply into it uh because we don't need to all we need to know is where the rumor came from and that it's not true if anyone would like to contact us for more uh, information about uh, the replication of defective adenovirus vectors of human serotype 5, bring it on. I mean, really? They can contact you. Maybe don't Instagram me, please, because I won't be able to respond to that. So, yeah. I will enjoy watching you try. <laughs> <laughs> um oh and while we're speaking on our 100th episode please don't forget to keep sending your voice notes in for our disclosure episode that we're preparing for world aids day i have had some really really lovely ones and i'd really love to give um a shout out to stephen hart who is one that i really loved so thank you for sending that over his dulcet tones sarah i just keep playing it on repeat if i get too stressed yes we should do that in the office yeah just Stephen Hart on repeat, everyone. We should make him do a meditation. <laughs> like, a, like, you know, chill us out. Play it. Ooh, how much he charge for that? Next week, what are we doing? So next week we're doing disclosure. We, we've got a bit of a, a sort of disclosure series. We're not really sure if it's one episode or three. One or three, I'm like, one or two or three. <laughs> not really sure if it's one episode, two episodes or three episodes currently. But obviously we are preparing voice notes for our one on World AIDS Day. But initially, we're going to talk about all about disclosure next week, which we're very excited about. So thank you for listening and being on our journey of our 100th episode. So I've stunned Sarah into absolute silence. Now it's just looking at how long it was. I don't know if it's one or two. It's hard to tell. Sarah, I feel like we, we never know anything, but it works out okay. We've made it here to 100. And, you know, it will just keep happening, I feel like. I feel like this podcast happens to us. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Do you ever get to the end of it sometimes and think, what on earth has happened in this last... It only goes out for half an hour, but you can absolutely guarantee it's at least an hour that we're... Yeah. Do you ever get to the end and you're just like, crikey. So for me, it's more when I edit it and I'm like, what? And I have to cut out some... Like you said, it's normally about an hour that we record for and then I edit it down into around half an hour. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine people, the things that go on in that cut out 30 minutes. It's it's a lot. And I'm like, what? What? It's just bizarre. But I honestly think we're really talented at just going off on a tangent and not even realising we've done that. I think that's a, a skill. I'm not sure where... It's going to be useful for us yet, but it is Hmm. a skill in itself. Is it a skill if it's not useful? Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and video. The HIV podcast is produced by Thames Valley Positive Support. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.